the energy and the realness of the conversations that they, people sit in this chair. The girl that said people slept next to murderers. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's some real shit. Like, when people say, oh, queens, it's, I don't call every female queen. I, I was raised by some bitches. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on, let's stop playing. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I really feel like we fuck around, we play too much, man. These kind of relationships that get disturbed when we don't take the time to know what it is to say, to know how to Oh, like the other day, these kids were saying they was protesting, uh, you know, the Amazon guy. And I was like, how you doing that? And they was like, what you mean? And I was like, everything in your house is owned by Amazon. We, they was like, what? I was like, toilet paper? Whole, didn't you shop at Whole Foods today? They was like, yeah. I was like. How are you protesting? But that's, again, the, for me, it's not uh, the purpose thing. When I actually speak like that, for me, it's the uh, awareness part. Like, I'm never going to know all, but I have to be aware of where I am. And that creates happiness. That creates understanding. That creates peace. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, like, that creates me actually having this conversation with another black man. Because at the end of the day, his purpose and what he wants is for all of us to do the same thing, not just him. So that, for me, is an attractive quality to a black man. You can't say that when I was coming up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even though we looked up to these gangsters, me. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but I loved them because I didn't have a father. I, I loved what they were doing. I didn't love who they were. I just saw them as action. Because you didn't know who they were. Right. Yeah. They don't know who they are. So they're just acting out. And I learned to act out the same way as them. Like, you know what I'm saying? Where, where'd you grow up? Uh, I, grew, um, I was born in Brooklyn, but I actually was raised up and down 95. Okay. So anywhere from South Carolina family down there, the Gullahs, uh, all mm. the way up to Boston, and uh, you know, you you got a place you call home? No, I used to run away from home when I was young, and I was beneficial to actually see how other people's perspective was. So I never actually graduated to that concept of community. I felt like the world is your community. Like I really didn't understand life until I went overseas. Mm. And you did that with your parents, or like in the military? Or military. Okay. So, so when you were going up and down 95, was it just you and your moms? Who yeah. was in the car? Me and my mother. Yeah. Okay. It was some uh, domestic violence, this, that type of thing. It's funny because uh, Nish helped me out with something. We were at Buck's dinner and I said, uh, he was talking about his sleep. And sleep has been, like I always tell my daughter and other people I know, sleep is going to kill me because my body doesn't know how to sleep, right? Mm. Because of PTSD, all these different things that I actually uh, battle with, like the dark side of who I am and all the other shit. So I never had any words to it. And, she, and so I said, damn, I go through that shit all the time, Buck, this and the other. So I'm explaining to her, the, him, to them, like I'm explaining to you. And he said, uh, she said, oh, you don't find safety in sleep. And my fucking belt was like, ding, 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 ding. I was like, yo, what the fuck? She just gave what I've been looking for, the answer to my life. Soon as she said that, now I know the purpose and what I got to do to actually run sleep. So what is, what is safety and sleep? What, what, what went off 
in your in your spirit about that? Um, when my mother was uh, going through her domestic violence and this that and the other, being a child and actually being asleep and then woken out of your shit abruptly, that shit'll actually fuck fuck with you. You know what I mean? And then being in the military and having to wake up at the drop of a dime. So I never really got to live in a way of calmness. Okay. It was always a focus. This is gonna happen. That's gonna happen because of those nights. Baby, put your pants on. Put your shoes on. We about to get out of here. This thing. Blah 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 blah. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So it was that type of environment that was actually starting to shape me to be whatever I was. So uh, emotionally. Let's pause right there. Mm. The man you are listening to is a father. Yep. Is a photographer is a creator, is a self-healer, is a self-figure-outer. Mm. The man that you are listening to is Corey Thompson. Brother, I am so thankful that we were able to get you on so that we can just chop it up, bro. Yeah. Thanks, bro. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. yeah. So you are the first person who literally walked up to me in real life and shook my hand yeah. and said, thank you for what you're doing on Tune the Fort. Yeah. I was moved by that, dog. Yeah. Well, like I said, watching you and then watching the honesty. Um, anything I did in, in art, I always wanted the shit to be honest. I think that's why some of the people like Buck and certain people like yourself now, actually knowing you, are becoming what I call friends without them knowing it because they're not afraid to move in a society that's asking them, all of us, to be something else other than ourselves. And like, I call it the naked syndrome, where you just go down 42nd Street and you just butt ass naked. <laughs> like, cause black men have a problem with their bodies as well. Like, mm. like all of this shit is like a um, thing. So tune the fork for me, you experience, not talking about the world, people, none of that shit. You focusing on you as a person, the marriage, this, that, and then actually sharing your experience with somebody else and then realizing where that is. Like, I, when I leave here today, I'm not going to be the same Corey for the rest of the day because our conversation is going to lend answers and the comfort level that I have to be in those areas that I don't like. And, and I think I'm going to walk away feeling the same because even though there's this interaction here between you and I, I take your story, bro. I take your love. I take your transparency. I take your trust. And I use that to carry through yeah. and share it and use it with other people. Yeah. So You do that well, too. Man. And, and, and yeah. I, I feel like a part of me is taking these pieces and remixing them, if I were to use like a song yep. analogy, and using it for something that's good to like yeah. actually help someone else, bro. Yeah. Well, the other part too is like I was telling you before about the good and bad words or whatever. Uh, I'm not a big fan of those. When people are being genuinely and authentic themselves, that's the good. Yeah, yeah. Because that's where you actually, you, when you start, uh, in my relationship, I think in, even in, as children, most of our love as an older man or older woman that we beg from our parents that they didn't give when we were children, I got to do this because I ain't really good with uh, talking. I'm more of a visual person. The love that you was that we get for our, from our from our parents as children. Yes, 
That's why you oh, got older friends now that actually beg for their mother to remember a moment that was when they're in the past. They ain't gonna never remember that. You know why? Because they wasn't thinking when they actually did it. But you are holding on to it because of you want this feeling to go away. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I got a friend of mine that uh, always says, oh, I could have went to college if I didn't stop and just take care of my mom instead of the other. And I was like, oh shit, why is that? He was like, because uh, then I would have actually been, no, you did what was right. When did you pick up photography, bro? When I was young. Like I said, I didn't know what I actually was doing. I was just seeing shit. And so uh, my father bought me a camera. I was in the military. That camera got stolen. But it was always these moments that I was seeing. And I was always interested. Oh, before we even got to where we are in this talking thing, I was always interested in people when they didn't know that somebody was watching. And I always felt like they were honest then. Because when I was a kid, I didn't talk a lot. I'm a Capricorn, so I didn't talk a lot as a kid. I just watched shit and absorbed. Mm. And then now as an adult, um, because when I was young, growing up and down 95, my father's family, originally from Louisville, they grew up in Boston. I didn't know my father as a kid. So I just knew my mother's side of the family. So my whole life, I always felt like 68% of a man because that's all I ever knew. I didn't know this side. So uh, fast forward, I got divorced. When I got divorced, I went to live with my cousin. I lived with my cousin because he was like, yo, I could really use this thing that I just bought this house. I was like, definitely. Went to live with him, started to see my uncle who gotten out of jail. My father started to come around. I started to see that side of the family was like, oh shit, that's why I act like that. That's why I do this. That's why, because here I am growing up as a child, not having that relationship with him, not understanding why I do certain things. You have a strong relationship to yourself now, man. Even in the few times that we've we've spoken, there's a real astute, you know, awareness and intelligence around like where you are and what's going on inside of you. Is that something you always had? No, uh, that's a self-inventory thing. Like um, what I was telling you earlier about being strategic and tactical as a young kid in street and military, that actually being us like now, it taught me that, oh, you can use that to your benefit. What that does is it's a learning mechanism for me to learn, people learn different. So there's not, uh, there's no reason for you to have an emotion or a feeling to this. There's not a feeling for you to have emotion or feeling to this. When you self inventory, and I always say you see yourself, you can see other people. Like I'm sitting there talking to you, there's another Corey sitting there. Like nigga, fuck out of here, or you know what I mean? Like the therapy Corey doesn't allow that raggedy Corey to have that loud voice. What are you doing with the Corey over there? Are you judging him or are you listening to him? Are you, what, oh, what, 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 sure what's I'm, going on in your yeah, head? Making with, sure I'm doing, being honest and authentic in the room that I'm in. Like he won't always be there if I'm in a space. He's, he's already sensing that your body ain't feeling right. Your, what you call it? It's like me and you was talking that day and I said, um, I almost said I was afraid of uh, getting old. And it's because with lights, and you know, you got this electrical current running up your spine, like, you know what I mean? Um, what am I telling myself? So, therapy. Mm-hmm. You said a lot about um, domestic violence, moving around a lot. Yeah. Was your drive to go to therapy a result of a lot of what happened in your childhood experiences? Yeah, like not understanding who I was. Like, 
but there was always these questions. It's always related to like a foster child that's actually adopted. And when they get older, the way they see people is what they want. Like when I was young, right, um, I didn't see parents in the house together. So I would, go to I would go to a friend's house and I would see those parents in the house and I would just stare. Mm. And they were like, well, you all right? But they didn't know that I was actually saying, like the dude would come in and actually be like, oh, kiss her on the cheek. This thing. And I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But yeah. I was also, yeah. I, I, was, I grew up around other kids the same yeah. way. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, that either had that in the house, but she, they were get, still getting beat. You know what I'm saying? Like I always say now, um, it ain't just the ghetto that actually developed. You could have a house, and if that child's being abused, they go into the same shit as you not eating. Like yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's the same that real. thing. That color of doesn't change, but that experience does. Like I you, used to imagine wanting to eat at the table together, bro. Mm. Like seeing that shit on TV. Like sitting down with a man and a woman and kids eating and having like the the portions of food on the table and people talking about their day. Jay, I would even look. I'll take you one even further. That's why I actually look for myself because I was raised when television was black and white. Those television shows, Andy Griffin, they raised us in a way for me that I never got to know what that was. So that concept for me has always been theirs. What is ours? Like, you know what I mean? So is it really soul food? Because we, we as kids really did see that if you came from that family environment. You know what I mean? When you ate on Sundays and this, that, and the other. So that concept of eating together is so international before it is ours. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Ours is based off television, like mine. Like, That's a good point. Cable Guy was one of my favorite fucking movies because there was a lot of black people that actually wanted to be like this person or that person. I was the young boy who wanted Mr. Drummond to fucking adopt me. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. To get you out of the situation <laughs> you was in because you didn't like where you was growing up at or because you didn't understand it, that it was a different love. You know what I'm saying? So when did you start going to therapy, bro? No, uh, well, you know, when you get locked up, they start there. You go to counseling. <laughs> so <laughs> that, you uh, uh, <laughs> I got you. I got you. But they, you know, like, <laughs> I try to use that example because that's real what it is, but um, it was the military again. Um, you had some things that actually happened, and they send you to uh, talk to somebody. And I had never sat down to talk to anybody. So and you like, were an adult at this time? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I was like 20-something. Because I went in in 89 and got out in 93. Okay. Yeah. Well, which, which branch? Navy. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Lived in Italy for like two and a half years. Yeah. So you say you went in and you started talking. Yeah. Um, later on, like, because now you, I'm taking, I'm doing the same thing I do up and down 95. I'm taking what I was raised in and actually just doing the same things wherever I, my square was. So I went in the military and that's, uh, the military is like the street. <laughs> I can move this around, this, 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 this. Mm -hmm. And then it was the, 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 hitting the wall of not understanding what it is you're actually doing, then actually realizing the consequences of what you actually can do, then having to go through that process and what that meant. I'm not equipped to understand none of that. So I needed to talk to somebody. Would you classify what you were doing as like destructive behavior? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's unpurposeful. It's like even when I have a conversation with somebody, before I actually say anything, I'm wondering, 
to myself or self-inventory of why are you responding to them? Is it to make them feel small? Because if it is, it's your fucking, you're doing that, not them. You know what I mean? It's Self-reflection for me is always a way to not, um, what's it called? Deflect. Project, yeah, yeah okay. Project, yeah. Because when you've actually sat with that, you actually see how easy it is to project your shit on other people. Like even now, hearing victims talk, I'd be like, yo, that's exactly the way I used to talk. It was everybody else's fault, not mine. Mm. And you and you even were able to switch that around for the shit that happened when you was a kid, where you could technically even be categorized as a victim. Yeah. So yeah. you you well, you I mean, were able Antoine to shift that Fisher's, shit. All these movies that you actually see, like that uh, parts of those are everybody's life. Like the the one female that you had on here that like I said, the guests that you have on too, James. I'm like I ain't here to like you know blow the horn up this that and the other, but the energy and the realness of the conversations that they, people sit in this chair. The girl that said people slept next to murderers, like you know what I'm saying? Like that's some real shit. Like when people say, "Oh, queens," it's, I don't call every female queen. I, I was raised by some bitches. Like you know what I'm saying? Like. Come on, let's stop playing. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I really feel like we fuck around, we play too much, man. So, like, as black people, I'm never trusting even on that. Even George Floyd dying. Motherfuckers, I know that actually was really against certain black people. Actually, now, black lives matter, bitch, please. You was the same motherfucker that talked about black people moving in your neighborhood yeah. and how you got to sell your fucking property. Like, we do too much bullshit. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, eat right, drink some water, and come talk to me then. Fuck a protest. Do what me and James is doing right now. And that's harder. It's hell. It's a lot easier, man, to go get a sign and go. And, and, and to be, let me make sure I'm. That's a good call, too. There yeah. is a purpose. For everything. For everything. That does have a purpose. Yeah. However, I think it's what your relationship is to what you feel you're being called to do. And most times I feel people are being called to do the easiest fucking thing. And that's follow a lie versus yeah, the truth. Yeah. Like we'll we'll actually skirt the truth for a bag. And that and that equates to me taking the path of least resistance. Yeah. Cause like it it's it's hard, man, to sit down and listen to someone, especially when what you're hearing is triggering. Yes. Especially when you disagree. Yeah. Especially when, you know, it 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 goes against some type of belief that you have, yeah. but you know. Damn, that's powerful. But so saying. long we were able to do that and yeah. still coexist. Now it's like we doing this, bro. Like we can't do this, and 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 there's there's parts of it we're going to agree with. There's parts of it that are going to fit the groove, and there are parts that aren't. But I don't. You don't have to be my enemy because no. you are X Y Z. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you pulled that back, James, because I even in that energy I just gave, that's my love for black people and its old push that they're, of us being one, because I've never seen that. So, and, and to be honest, so um, I need a new black. I need black to look different for me. Like, you know what I'm saying? I needed mm. to be this. I needed to have the honesty. I needed to not have 
the underlying jealousy that we haven't, you haven't gotten taken care of. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like I said, I don't like to talk about people because that's why I said I'm glad you brought it back because it's not about the distractions. But I want to be a part of that so bad, like that, and it's and it's untruthful. And it's untruthful in a way where we know, but we don't. You know what I'm saying? Like even when you do podcasts, you watch people careful in what they're actually saying and all that other shit, man. Like so that's why I always keep it to myself yeah. and about me. Somebody said something about freak niggas. What you call them? I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I said, but you ain't got to worry about that. Now people can scrub shit. I said, so people who got money, they ain't in them videos. But yeah. they was in them videos. But, <laughs> and I, I think a part of being black and going to this process of whatever the fuck this means, elevating, yeah. growing, Woke, whatever the fucking term is. To me, it's awareness. Just yeah, that's it, exactly it's, what it is. It's it's this, not like nothing's being created on the other side. It's yeah. just me opening up to see to get to 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 glean more of what's there. But when we, because of the perspective that we have as black people, we do have to contend with that. Yeah, that is a part of a part of the struggle. Isn't just the outward struggle. No, it's the inward joint yeah. too that says, "Let's go say fuck all these crackers, fuck all these white people, fuck all these nothing ass niggas who ain't doing shit and Let's who ain't gonna never be playground. shit." But but they are just as much all the niggas and bitches and hoes drug dealers yeah. and fucked up ass motherfucking yeah. niggas shooting people. Yeah. They are just as much a part of the solution yeah. as we are. And it's hard, it, it, but it's a natural reaction as black people, men, to, to feel the way that we feel. And I think it's, I think we should honor it when it comes up and give it the space that it needs and not judge ourselves for, but under, but understand that we can't live in that shit though. Yeah. We can't we can't live in that othering no. of another black person. Right. You know, it, it's just to acknowledge that this is how I felt when I look at this bullshit that's going yeah. on. And let me just go ahead and tighten up so that I could be a better example when you motherfuckers is ready because somebody was doing the same shit for me. You know, we got yeah. hindsight at 54 and 47. Exactly. You know, hopefully, you know, if if, if something happened to me, bro, at 17, I'd be having motherfuckers point at me. The same way, I find myself pointing at them. Yep. I need to give these niggas some time exactly. and some space yep. to grow into the illness. And they doing a better growing than me than I think, because we ain't never invent no money. <laughs> we ain't never even motherfucking take better health care of ourselves. Yeah. These kids today take better care of themselves. Yeah. One of the things I try to speak to about everything, people talking about these shootings, this, that, and the other. We had the same thing happen in the 80s. We just didn't have the internet. Yeah. And there was way more people dying. Wilding, bro. Way more people dying. The other part of that, too, is um, some of these young boys or these young girls are the dust from them crackheads in that crack mm -hmm. era. If you didn't come up in that, you didn't know what that looked like. This is broad daylight where you can actually see people moving. So for me, like, like I always tell people, my life is very personal in, that, in my experience. It's, um, I'm very passionate in that because I feel like uh, there's still a lot of lying we do. I don't like to tell the stories of my past because how many times I'm going to tell that story and how much am I going to add to it? 
to make it this or look like this. Yeah. Or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because today I haven't eaten well or I haven't drank enough water. So I'm going to make this bad call. Because yeah. your choices ain't, um, depending on your uh, what your choices are, your options are going to be bad. Yeah. So if you present people with cheap food, what they going to do? Eat cheap food. Eat like, cheap you know food. what I'm saying? So it's just a, um, like I told my daughter and my girl, I said, uh, I hate when people deceive people on purpose. Now you a piece of shit. Mm. You just like everybody else. So you're good. Fuck your good. Like you deceive people on purpose. If you go and have a conversation about somebody and don't let them know, you're just as guilty as any white motherfucker, any rapist, any one of these motherfuckers as far as I'm concerned. Because you're actually deceiving somebody some type of knowledge so you can gain an upper hand on them. You're a piece of shit. Now, deceiving could also be withholding information, right? It's the same thing. For me, withholding information is you're ignorant to the fact that you have information. But that's deliberate. So ignorant means not knowing. Yeah. Like, so if, you, if, you're, if you're doing it, then you're being deliberate with, yeah. with withholding the information. Like take, for instance, if I go to a job and it only takes, it don't take 40 hours to do that. I mean, eight hours to do that job. But you keep me there for eight hours. That's for your business purposes. I'm not there for just your business purposes. This is a job that you've provided me as an employee. The same way they'll actually say when you come to a job, the jobs say eight to five. But they expect you to be there 30 minutes early. If you're late, if you're on time, you're late. If you're Come on, stop telling people these sayings. We start embedding them in our head, and now they become a part of how we actually move. And there's no honesty in that as well. Mm. So <clears throat> one of the things you post a lot on Instagram, bro, is pay attention. Yeah. I like that. That's that awareness piece you're talking about. Because it ain't really about race. It ain't about anything. Pay attention. What, is, what does that mean to you? Uh, after therapy, one of the things that, oh, back to my childhood again. As an older man, I always craved my father's love. And my mother's as well. Because it wasn't given to me the way I thought it should be given to me as a kid, right? So like all of us, what we go through. Um, Say that again. Pay attention. Yes. And then you went to the, yeah, to the mom not getting the love. Yeah, therapy actually showed me uh, that. Pay attention to you and you'll see everybody else. Like when I started digging into who I was, then I could, I understood this person a lot more and there was no frustration. When I started to do that, I started to understand my parents' role. Like nobody taught them. Like my mother's a dark-skinned woman growing up as, in a light-skinned environment. You know, that's difficult for her. Like, you know what I mean? For her own mother to actually not accept her because of that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Or like a 14-year-old girl being issued off to a 17-year-old man because he has a job at Ford. He has a good-paying job. But mentally, she's not ready to actually be there. That, that type of environment that people get put into. So at the end of the day, pay attention to you. And then you'll be able to say, that's not for me. I wasn't able to do that as a kid. Is that what happened to your moms? What? About the 14 and 17 year old? No, no, four? no. Um, oh, okay. Like people around her. I got yeah, you. I got you. Yeah. I got you. Like uh, when you said you was 47, I was like, uh, Jay probably got the remnants of it. But like growing up, like I always say, growing up in New York, I was born in 69. So 70s, that shit. Like I said, you could walk to the store and see a nigga handle as you actually buying cigarettes. And you know what I'm saying? Like 
So that type of environment, like you got the older boys that get out of the joint, actually beat you up. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Take your, your money, this, that, and the other. Oh, that's Kenny, this, that, and the other. That's why the Chris Rock joint, uh, Everybody Hates Chris, was like my childhood as a kid. Like most of us as older men, it taught you how to stand up for yourself. Because if you don't, that's what's going to happen to you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It puts you in that type of mind frame. And you feel like you have to turn that on all the time. Like, yeah. You know? Uh, so pay attention. is just like, pay attention. Like, stay awake, man. Like, fuck this group and what they're saying. Fuck this group and what they're saying. What you saying? When you started going to therapy, bro. And so you had to go. Hmm? It was people watching, like look, watching people and understanding what I didn't want for me. But there was one time where you were forced to go. Yeah. And then there was this other time where you were going on your own go. volition. Yeah. Oh, I right? chose I choose to go now. Like one of the things I tell people about therapy, they say you always talk about therapy. It's not a um, it's not there to end it. It's there to help you deal with your emotions in when you're in those things. I got friends of mine that actually he's married and he uses his uh therapist to to talk to him so he can continue to be married to his wife because he doesn't know how to actually speak in another way because she won't give the understanding to him or whatever the case may be but his marriage is that important to him that he uses his therapist to actually to you know what I mean to talk to his wife and his kid you got a daughter you referenced yeah. her a couple times how old is she uh, she'll be 18 in two weeks, uh, oh, 24. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, the Corey 18 years ago, what was that, what was that brother like? Uh, confused. Um, probably just getting out the military at some point. Like, I was telling somebody, I was like, When you have to provide for yourself as a young kid, like on every level, and then you're trying to like hide who you are from people, like um, you forget who you are, or like you don't ever look at yourself. And that's what I felt like, like as a child, I didn't do. Like, I think somebody said this, they, it's like the Sonic the Hedgehog. Like I just ran through fucking life. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like didn't pay attention to anything. And then it was like, Boom. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. But then I started to see, like, above my head is all these words. When I talk to James, James starts saying it forms a sentence. Oop, I can keep that. Throw that away. So through people, it started to, like, crack the pituitary gland, clean it off to make you say, oh, there is a third eye. When you talk to other people, not by the books you read, when you hear their experience. Now, they don't know you listening, but you heard what they actually said. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, all of that was like, yeah. So did your, did, was there any shift in you? I'm always fascinated by men. Two things I'm fascinated by with a man is being a, uh, a parent is what the pre-person was like versus the post. Getting that, especially if you're the kind of dude that has, that knows what the fuck being a parent, how, how, how important of a role that is. And then to be a parent, a be, the man being a parent to a daughter, right? So them two things are like you, it's just me, just my, I'm fascinated by that right. idea. Um, so I'm imagining you confused, 
trying to figure it out to whatever degree. You might even be bullshitting in your pursuit of doing that. And then you've got this responsibility of this of this little girl, this mm. new baby. How does that, is there a shift in you quickly or does that take a little bit of time? At that time, I was still actually figuring out myself, but um, like a couple of buddies of mine, we were fortunate as a young age to date older women who had kids. So I had some concept, like even I'm friends with those, those women's kids today as adults, but we had concepts based off of like, me not running away from home. Women were, and my mother being the one that raised me, she taught me the value of women, so I spent a lot of time around women. So when it, whenever it came down to women, I would follow a woman's lead, because my mother was a leader. So I would, if a woman knew how to lead in actually raising her kid as a young dude, you know, having sex, I wouldn't even say it was a relationship, having sex with this older woman, I'm watching how she interacts with her kid. And in that, that I think, um, burned in my in my brain a little bit so it was like okay this is what you do when you have a kid like you know what i'm saying so when i got mine it was the realest concept was taking away the selfish part of you and the selfish part i mean like the individual and understanding now is too like even getting married i didn't understand that but one day i was sitting <laughs> she can tell you this story she can't tell you the story but she know it um there was a fire drill in the house in the building that we lived in. So we both took off, got to the elevator or to the stairs, and we both was like this, where the baby at? <laughs> and, or one day I was sitting there and I was watching a soccer match and all of a sudden she like fell over and hit me because I'm high. She hit me and I'm like this, oh, you still here? <laughs> you know, like these little things were actually things that actually made me say, oh, this one's here all the time. It's not what you were actually raised when you actually dated these women. You didn't have to deal with this yeah. every day, but it gave, it gave me the preemption to actually that understanding of what I had to do. So even though the models that you had at the time were of women, that didn't, that didn't, um, that didn't trigger anything in you that said like, hey, I'm a, I'm a man. I need to have a, a shit like a model of like a dude. Yeah. Well, that's where the street get, uh, the street shit. Well, came that's in. what that's where the woman actually puts you around people that they don't know because they're never they were never taught in what they should select as a man. So it's just like a woman actually doesn't grow up with boys with their brothers or their father. They're going to challenge you on a regular basis. They don't know how to trust you because they've only been around women. Same with men. Same shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So at the end of the day, you are fighting somebody who doesn't know how to trust men. I always say, listen to people, a person's conversation. How many times do they big up women and how many times do they big up men? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's never an equal amount of things because society actually starts to play a dictation on that whole thing as well. That's why I say we always sick. So nothing can really get answered until we do this. You know what I'm saying? Richard Pryor said it best. He was like, the world don't want us to talk because when we love each other, then that's when change happens. And that's what's going on now. Like everything that's going on, this pandemic has put people in a place where we're confused. We can act like we know what's going on, but what we did was, you never walked outside and saw something from a movie in your own eyes. So uh, the Will Smith movie, Legend. When he was in the Wichita, when you walked out that day, whoever you were, and your eyes touched, 
nothing on that street, you're messed up. Because mm. you, you've seen that in the television. Like, visually, like, rapid eye movement, like, you, when you go to sleep, all of that is a big part of whether you sleep restlessly or non-restlessly, you know? Your muscle build up. All of that is whether or not where me and James is going makes sense. I always said um, the knowledge that I learn let, through other people lets me lo love, right? Because you see the connection there. I don't want to be in no judgment on anybody or what you got on. I use these examples as uh, visuals because I can't sometimes say them in a communicative form. So they may offend a group of people or whatever the case may be. But I don't want to be that nigga who actually wear Tevas with socks and got dreads that are balding in the front and he's still down in Sankofa giving out knowledge to bitches for pussy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, get the fuck out of here, man. Like, that's how deep my change has to be. Like, you found a purpose in a place through your education to where that's all you use to get through life is to show people that you're smart and intelligent. You don't use that to actually to bring people in. Like, even when you had um, Big Gregory's daughter on here, I cried that day because I used to work at Borders on 18th Street. He used to come to that cafe every day. So I got chills. I used to spend time with him. So a lot of what he would actually say to me would actually start to resonate because he was the first person that I watched go outside of like all of this shit. Like, you know, like, um, this is like a super, like, it's all of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, and he lived it. Black men, when I was coming up, like, it was a different, like, look. It was, um, it was a prideful, like, era. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, um, like I always tell people, I was like, pussy and money, or dick and money. Like, you put them shits in there, people kill over that. Like, all those different shit. Like, you know what I mean? But you're killing because your diet's is disgusting. You're killing because you think you own people versus understanding that your love is abused and broken. And you're over here just, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how we're interacting with each other now? Like, come on, I can't do that. And that's what I mean. Society's on society. I want this. You know what I'm saying? What do you want? Me personally, mm -hmm. uh, to keep learning so I can love. Like right now, I love James. You know what I'm saying? Like I, being able to say I love a black man. Like being, when I was a kid, right? I liked Prince, but where I was from, like nigga, you don't go out. That nigga had chaps with his ass out. Facts. I'm not going to tell nobody that shit. Like you know what I'm saying? So people be like, oh, but now you say you like Tyler, the creator. I like the way he thinks. Same. I like the way Vince Staples thinks. We didn't have people like that when I was actually growing up. Well, like I told people, I was like, you actually was raised by dope dealers. I said, I wasn't raised by raggedy niggas. I said, I was raised by Rakim. Niggas who look like Rakim, those are the dope dealers that actually raised me. So they had a pride about themselves. So even when you watch a nigga back then wear shorts above his knees, that's because that's a rich nigga versus a broke nigga who got to wear all that, uh, that trendy shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, oh, that's some different shit. Yeah, because everybody wasn't, you knew what type of dope dealer you wanted to be and you knew which ones you didn't want to be. That nigga's a sucker. Yeah. That nigga then, how you move, nobody know what's going on. Yeah. That's what I'm on. That's what I'm about to adopt that. Boom, boom, yeah. boom. Let yeah. me sprinkle a little Corey on that. Let me, you know what I'm saying? I'm off and running now. I ain't doing what he's doing, but now I got my own little. You know what I'm saying? That's why, dude, 
I used to uh I used to be so ashamed of where I was from, bro. Yeah. Like I used to when I first moved here, I would dress up and wear suits and braces and shit and French cuffs and double Windsor knots and all that old kind of stuff and try to speak eloquent and I did not want anybody to look at me and get any motherfucking idea where I came from, Kansas yeah. City, Missouri. And and now, like, all the things that you're saying, and we've got to be real. It's a double-edged sword being Ugh. older, talking about where we come from. And, and, and because there was so much gained from them motherfucking streets, bro. And the way that we had to orient ourselves, the way that we had to problem solve, the way that we had to think outside the box, the way that we had to embrace our intuition and read niggas and, 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 and manipulate situations and environments to get what we needed to get out of it. We just didn't think big enough about how to use some of that shit. So we had small, we had, we had, we had, we had fucking awesome skills but we were using that shit in some fucking peanut, crackerjack ass kind of ways. Remember how we talked to ourselves too, Jay? That's a fact though. Yeah. Remember how we talked to ourselves, man? Like I tell myself, I wake up every day telling myself something different about myself. Because at the end of the day, I watch people take my greatness. You know why my greatness was taken? I'm five foot eight. I'm a little dude. Brothers and sisters, they're younger than me. So I'm the older dude moving around this, that, and the other, right? I got to actually face all that bully shit, the nigga from jail, the motherfucking bitch that I'm fucking, that he wants to fuck, this, that, and the other. I got to maneuver all that shit. Um, uh, luckily, I was raised by uh, 5%, so it was about always being on your square. Oh, don't stay too long over there. Keep that moving over there, this, that, and the other. So that's what it's always been around. Know where your square is, and you can get through this life. Because everything ain't for you, but the floor is for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Huh. Dude, help me understand the five percent of shit. I ain't that. I I, I know it. Wu Tang was my yeah. first introduction to what it was, and I know the songs, and I hear the yeah. the verses spitting. Well, shit. I'm gonna put it this way because um, it's been done so much disservice and injustice in how it's actually talked about. Because I think that people at the time we it was used for intelligence. So it was like showing that something that you knew outside of this, but it's, it's actual facts. It's, now, it's knowledge. Like, you know what I'm saying? Knowledge, wisdom, understanding. That's what your life is. Up to 25, your brain don't develop until you're 25. So everything you're gaining is knowledge. Wisdom is the part where you're starting to understand what you actually got at the beginning. And the, and the understanding is the last piece when you get older, which creates peace. So for me, that's all I live by in that regard. But it's supposed to have been the 5 to 10 and the 85%. And okay. if you watch the world, it is like that. Like that's why a lot of people want certain things because they don't know who they are. So they need more materials to make them feel whole. Uh, and that's not was something. But it, for me, really, it was more visual. When Jews went to jail and came home, they went to certain areas, and you would see brothers actually challenge you and actually say. So like what we're talking about now, this was was going on. But I, at the time, for me. I don't think men were in the right place emotionally intelligent to even understand the knowledge that they were giving to us. Mm. Because then those same brothers ended up dead. Those same brothers end up getting a lot of women pregnant, this, that, and the other. So it's like all this understanding, which get, don't get me wrong, I don't denounce none of them, anything that I'm actually taught. 
But it, just like everything else, it goes too far for me. So I got to step away from it. It's a different square. How's your relationship? What, what, what's it like with, your, with women, man? What has that been like for you? Uh, well, just recently, um, I learned through dating a woman of privilege, they don't think like us. Women of privilege don't, or women yeah, in general? women of privilege don't think okay. like we do. They're not mindful. Like, you know, you ever walked through Costco and saw a woman just standing in, in where people would walk through, or they just stand in the middle of what you call Dating her, I was like, the, uh, hey, can I, you know, let the people come past. I started to see my... Um, mother and what I was raised. That's why I always say... Black men and white men are not the same. We're more passionate people. Like, there's certain shit that we just ain't doing. We'll do it if we have to, but it's just certain shit. We like this, nah, get the fuck out of here. And we could be raggedy as shit. You know what I'm saying? But with her, I started to watch that. I was expecting things from her that was my mother, but my mother was never privileged. So how could I expect her to understand something that was underprivileged? You know what I mean? Like there was a struggle moment or obstacle, as I call them, in the relationship where uh, it might have been money or something to that degree. I can't remember what it was, but something happened in that regard. And for me, it was like, oh, this this cool. I, I got you. This, that, and the other. And then next week, it was fine. But during that week, it was like all this worry that I had never actually was grown, that I grew up with. So it was like I had to stop myself instead of actually feeling some type of way and say, oh, she don't come from underprivileged. She don't know the visuals, the struggle, this, that. So that was one of them. But understand women from a whole through that, I actually understood every girl that I love, because I was saying to you earlier about not being able to call a woman my girlfriend when I was younger because of how I was raised. It was just I was fucking people. You know what I mean? So I didn't look to that building anything with this person. So I didn't really look to women except for sex. And that's because I got molested when I was young by my mother's friend. So I looked at sex even in that regard different. Like, you know what I'm saying? So like, the way I was raised around my mother, it was a lot of women. So I looked at women as strength. As what? Strength. Strength, yeah. okay. So, but I didn't know how to date them. Like being raised by a mother doesn't teaches you, teach you as a boy what to do in a relationship. In mine, anyway. So you have to figure that out for yourself. Like, and you use peers, you use people on the street. And like, again, like I said, um, I hit a girl once when I was young and didn't like how I felt. But I hit her because I watched my mother get hit. How old were you? What, when I hit a girl? Uh, eight, nine. Oh, so you were young, young. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I didn't understand. Like, we were supposed to be in love or, you know, some shit like that when you're eight or nine years old. But um, she was liking some other boy. But again, I don't know how to deal with that emotion or that feeling. I can't go talk to my mom. She don't know the fuck that is. But you see in school people going through that. So that becomes your education, what you see your friends and your peers go through versus if it's not in the house. So, so you mentioned the... Uh molestation joint, man, and I, you, you, you ran, ran over that. I want to make sure. <laughs> because a lot of us have been molested. That goes back to the 14-year-old girl with the 17-year-old boy. Like, you know what I mean? We off our, 
daughters are to the person who had the nice house who's driving a T Ford or whatever the fuck it was at the time. Remember, it was big screen TVs on the floor. So we equate what somebody had to whether or not this girl would date that family. You know what I'm saying? He was 17 or 18. This girl's only 15 years old. And the family's pushing for their families to get together because, oh, if we get in their family, you know, we'll have money, this, that, and the, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was a, it's a wild-ass concept. Like, so what, what was your, can we talk about that piece for a second? Yeah. I have some. Yeah. What was your age? Roughly. That's sixth grade. I want to say like nine or ten. I wasn't in high school yet. Um, did you tell your mom? No, because at the time it was like a badge of honor. Like okay. I wanted to. Like I'm watching magazines, you know, I and mean? shit like that, and sneak watching. At the time, you got cable, but HBO was starting to show at late at night. You know, oh, see a couple of titties, this that, and the other. So I actually wanted to actually experience it at that, at young that age. age. Yeah, I think I might have been coming into sexuality at that time. So I wanted to experience what was on television. And then one day she asked me. She was like. Uh, she spent the night and she was like, oh, I'll just sleep in the bed with Corey. And I was in a room like this. Oh, buddy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Thinking that it was normal, but it wasn't until later on that I realized I was molested uh, because of how I was actually uh, sleeping with women. Like, if I didn't like you, you couldn't actually touch me after sex. But if I really fuck with you, like, you know, I'd be like, where are you going? Oh, you know what I mean? Like, I want to hang out with you all the time. Like, I didn't even understand anything about that part of what you were saying about women at that particular time. So I think that's something that happens a lot to us as yeah. young boys, man, mm -hmm. that we don't have a lot of, we, young it's just too. now mm -hmm. that we're starting to convert it. But I think if a little girl wanted, if a nine-year-old little girl wanted to sleep with an older dude, that's a lot more, we can see that shit is fucked up a lot quicker Especially back born, then, a, that we could, yeah. as a little boy, wanting a nine-year-old little boy wanting to fuck with an older woman, but but it's still the same. The I dynamic is the that, same. Jay. Because at the end of the day, listen how they addressed us. When you was little, you come around. Look at my little boyfriend. If a nigga said that about a young little girl, they'd be like, "This nigga, get the fuck out of my house." Yeah. Right. So look how we start to address when they're young. Look at my little boyfriend. Put the earring in his ear. He's trying to dress him up to be the man you actually want him to actually be. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, and it's the same way with men and girls. Like, I had to catch myself to not, like, I love soccer. My daughter started playing soccer for a while because um, I just like sports for kids because it shapes your muscles. I see kids sometimes, I'll be like this, yo, this motherfucker got cankles and they only 11. Like, y'all yeah. need to let that nigga run or something. Like, you know what I mean? So I always thought sports for that, and it also taught you how to actually share and be of, of a group, especially if you're an only child, because that in itself is another syndrome. Like, you know what I'm saying? That we don't talk about as people as well, mm -hmm. coming into that type of dynamic. Uh, I don't know if I went off, Jay. You good. Yeah. I, I, I did want to... Oh, but you, you said you wanted to talk a little bit more about it, though. Yeah, definitely. The, um, no, that, that piece... Because I think it ties into the question that I asked about what your relationship is with women. And the mm -hmm. first, the first, during your first response, you mentioned the woman and you referenced back to your mom. Yeah. 
is your relationship with your mom something you've had to expand on and better understand and work through as you've gotten older as a man? Yeah, like before my mother passed, I went and apologized to my mother and father. Because like I didn't understand what it actually meant to actually raise a child, regardless of what you're ignorant to or not. Like, you know what I'm saying? You start seeing your own ignorance. It's back to what you said about my daughter earlier. You start seeing your own ignorance having your own child. And that's what like started to even allow me to say, but I have a leadership and then a follower's role so I can learn from a child or animal or anybody. You just have to be James. You just have to be somebody who's offering that type of thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? So uh, when it came to like the women aspect, if you was that, my mother was that regardless of what went on. She was that strength. She was that leader. She was like, you know what I mean? It might not have been in the greatest role, but she was going to jump in and actually take that lead. So if there's a woman like that, I would allow her to lead me in a relationship. Like mm. I wasn't one of those people that believed the woman had to, uh, I couldn't be a stay home dad or none of that shit. Get the fuck out of here. If we can make money together, that's the, that's the key role. Like, you know what I'm saying? And plus, I don't know everything. So at the end of the day, you got to value, you got to value a woman. So that's what it was for me. And every woman I, I've been around, it's sort of like Dame said, women want to see men succeed. Niggas don't. Mm-hmm. Because now you're going to shine and look better than they were. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I told people, I never was a drug dealer, but I sold drugs. But a lot of the shit that I went through as a child, the, the beefs and all the other shit, it ain't because I had money. It's because I was fucking abroad that this nigga wanted to actually fuck, but he was so fucked up. All he had was material. He couldn't get to the drawers. Yeah. So now you want to beat me up because I'm the smaller <laughs> nigga this than the other. Yeah. Now I got to carry a pistol. Yeah. Right, let me go to my next square. Yeah, yeah. You feel yeah, me? Yeah. yeah. And we don't teach that. We teach toughness all the time. Yeah. But there's certain situations where tough don't actually need to be there. Yeah. Tough can get you killed. Yeah. Or in jail or, you know, which is shit to me just as worse, man. I tell people all the time, if fifth, if, if was a fifth, we all be fucked up. Because that 30 seconds that you didn't think, that's where it fuck you up at. That's why when you asked me earlier, it's always self-inventory for me. Because it's like one day I was coming up to escalate at Union Station and this dude was looking at my daughter. And I was like, yo, she's a fucking child, you fucking pervert, nigga, this and... And he was like, nigga, fuck you, this, that, and the other. It's because she looked good, this, that, and so as he was going down the steps and he was coming up, I said, I'm going to kick this fat motherfucker all in his face off some, some old street shit. But then it started to sink in. Remember what you go through afterwards, them court cases, I mean, them court cars, this. That motherfucker going to be at home and you're going to still be going through this process of all this other shit if you don't make this decision different. Turned around. The security dude came there. He came upstairs. Uh, I had my daughter with me. We started walking away. I stood there and looked up at the sky and I put my head down. And I said, I'm proud. I told my daughter she started crying and she was like, Dad, I'm sorry. I was like, sorry for what? I said, I'm more proud of myself and not actually going someplace where I had already seen and I was going to go. Because as soon as I kicked him down those stairs, I, that, that would have killed him. Because it was an escalator. And I was, I'm talking a, uh, MMA. Like, you coming up an escalator at me, nigga? Are you serious? I'm coming straight flying knees. And I'm going to actually fall on you because you fat in the motherfucker. It's going to break your back. And now the next thing you know, I'm in something bad. And my daughter had to see this. Now I'm locked up and she has to deal with this mentally. You know what I'm saying? So, like, the self-inventory of watching my mother grow up is what I hold true to what I'm trying to be in life to people. Because I know people can be full of shit. That's why I always say I'm never good or bad. I'm just 
what the situation calls for. Because mm. it's all in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's depending on where that person comes. Like I tell my daughter, she was like, Dad, you think you ever buy a car again? I said, yeah, if it's a, a range. And she was like, why just a range? I said, because I like that car. That's it. Or a Mini Cooper. And she said, why wouldn't you buy no other car? I said, cars kill people. She said, why? Because they're stupid. If you already don't have fear and have self-doubt and you get behind the wheel, most accidents come from those people, not experienced drivers. Mm-hmm. You drive over 60. Dudes are still scared to go across the bridge. Like people ain't dealing with the fears of their childhood and now it stems over. You raise a kid, they got to deal with their trauma and yours. That's unfair. Yeah. And I, I read somewhere that SUVs have more accidents now because of that false confidence that they give people that they not just, they just feel like they can just do a gang of more shit that they can actually do. And then when they go through it, that's the first PTSD. Mm-hmm. Well, the first PTSD is in the womb, depending on how the woman moves. So if she's in a car accident, she gets shook. You know what I mean? The baby gets shook in, shook in there. So like, uh, say the baby comes, it's smart as shit, but their hands sweat all the time. Huh. It, it came from that. Which, uh, remember, we numbers first before we man, woman, before we black, white. Our blood makes up, make us up. And if our blood is a compound, which is A negative or, or O positive or whatever it is, we're numbers first. Mm. That's why people say I'm binary. Because that's really what we are, we're zeros. You can't add no number to zero and, get no, and you'll get, still get the same number. Thinking about that. Like, I was even going to go even deeper, James, because the, the way visuals has worked for me, it sent me into the second dimension, I feel like. Like, the more we talk like this, it's not surface anymore. This becomes boring because you now keep talking about the same shit that black men are, like, race and what you call them. So for me, it becomes, oh, shit, all the, oh, they protesting this, they protesting that, they... So now I'm seeing the groups and I'm like this, I ain't a part of none of this shit. Like, you know what I mean? Not to the degree of any of them, but I have feelings about some of that shit, but I like this over here. Like, you know what I'm saying? So let me focus on this over here. And that may be architecture, fucking this. So my focus is really there now. You know what I mean? Those type of people have a different perspective. You know what I'm saying? Creative minds look at things different, I feel like. 100%, 100%, bro. And I think that's uh, a nice segue into the videos you do. Yeah. That where it says, I'm um, focusing on everything. But nothing. But nothing. Um, how did you come up with that? I, well, when I first actually started shooting photography, I had a uh, blog. That's when uh, Tumblr was big. Okay. And it was called The Unknowns. And it was because everybody was taking selfies, not a degree now, at the time. And I was like, yo, when did it become... Um, popular to be known. And everybody's looking for the, at the time, was looking for 15 minutes of fame. So in the photos, you would only see half of a person or half of a face or something like that. And it was called the unknowns because I wanted to feature on other things in photography besides what people always concentrate on. So that was the same thing when it came to video, it was gonna happen the same way for me. It's always that, because when I'm out here in the street, that's where life is happening. It's not happening in the house for me. That's why when you ask me, do I have a home? Like the world is my home because I learned so much more outside the doors than I do indoors. Ain't nothing in there but television and me overthinking. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So the more I'm out in the world, I watch people. I'd be like, I wonder what she's actually, because we have so much association with each other because we live in a society. Society's not race. 
We live in a form thing that says house, food, car, shelter. You know what I'm saying? That's the routine of life. What James is doing is not the routine. He's taking what he knows is routine and actually realizing he has time and actually spending time over there. That's the change. So, so when you do the videos, they're really, really small clips. Yeah. What compels you to do? Here, here's. I feel like you're in the practice, and tell me if I'm wrong, bro. I feel like you're in the practice of taking small things and trying to make them big. Mm. That, that that's what I feel when I look at those clips. I, that's dope that you said that because I didn't. I wasn't thinking that. To be honest with you, I'm trying to transition from photography to film. Okay. Because that's where the whole photo uh, Lear, which the name came from photo, but Lear is a tag that my buddy used to have. But if you look at the back of the trucks when we was little, when I used to ride in the, the, the wagon uh, country Esquire joint, they had the back window. So it, when you used to be on the BQE, you'd be in the back, hot, whichever. And I used to watch trucks in front of us. And on the back of that truck, it was that, you know that um, compartment that they put on the back of a, a pickup truck? And uh-huh, it was yeah, the company yeah, yeah. Lear. And that's where I got it from. Ah, uh, that's right. So I put photo in front of it so they didn't copyright infringe me. But that's always been my tag for the longest time. And it was because of a friend of mine that actually passed away. He used to write Lear all the time. And then I found out later on in Spanish it means to read. And I used to like to read. That's why I ended up working in a bookstore. <laughs> huh. Yeah. So you want to transition to, to video. Yeah. Because that's what photos are. That's why when you watch television, you see director photography, I always go look them up because at the end of the day, they have to create the scene that makes you cry. That shit ain't real. That boy being in that situation saying the other day created that. And for me, that's fascinating. And especially when it comes to film, they didn't have sound effects. So they had to do, they had to walk shit across the floor. So it's like a, it's an artistic element of like everything. Um, mm. That's why the whole, uh, all of it is like I like your commitment to it, bro, because you you consistent with that shit thanks, and you and you that. you you do it faithfully. And every now and then, like it'll pop up on my feed. You know, like when you get like watching a you follow a gang of people, it's just yeah. the shit. Just I don't know how the algorithm chooses what to show you. That's why you see me putting shit up all the time. Mm. But one of the things I was stuck in, it was the perfectionist thing. So, so I wasn't showing shit. And Buck said to me something a while ago. He was like, cool, you print your uh, photos out. And I was like, nah, not really. And he was like, I'm telling you, print your shit out. Because I came to his office one day, and on the wall, he had all these graphic design shit that he had, had up there. And I was like, yo, why the fuck you do that? And he was like, shit look different when you print it out. Mm. So I started printing my photos, and I was like, oh, shit. But then that's when I found the love for it. Because when I first started, it was because I lost my job. And I was like, I, I was standing in line at a job fair or whatever. And I was like, I ain't doing this shit. And I, to some degree, our large portion, I give it to my ex. Because at the time, I was going to buy a, a fucking uh, a big screen TV to watch the Super Bowl and then take it back. You know, nigga shit. And then, <laughs> and then uh, she was like, instead of getting the TV, won't you get a fucking camera? And I, I looked and I was like, oh shit. And that was the first time. And, but after that, I didn't know what I grew, like how I was visioning. Because now it's take care of your, your daughter and your, and your wife at the time. So I missed the art scene of it and actually just started focusing on the money like we was talking earlier. And missed it. I was an artist in what I was actually doing and what I wanted to see. And then Buck told me one day, and there's some other people as well, 
They was like, yo, your angles is crazy. That for me sounded like DJ Premier. Because my father's 80 years old, and if I play a Premier beat, he doesn't know hip hop. He can tell if it's Pete Rock or, or mm, That's huge. Because they created such a sound. Yeah. Like yeah. music has been a real, like till I die, music, weed, and everything, that's always gonna be a part I can of tell, it's huge. Like you, and, you, and you got a pretty broad palette too, bro. I saw you had some crewing band on one, <laughs> and then you had like. But uh, you know what's funny is? That portion for me is screaming to the artist like you and Buck. I told him, it could be three likes on there. If it's James, Buck, and somebody else I really fuck with, my day just shot up here. Yeah. That's what I mean, the quality of likes versus the number of them. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It means that they saw you do something and you, they fuck with you. And if you know them as a person, it makes the, the relationships start to form. Because as soon as you start seeing, like Buck said, the common goals, that's when you start realizing that in this energy is supposed to happen. It's going to dissipate at some point, but I got to nurture it as much as possible. That's why I tell people all the time, my time's valuable. And they was like, well, you say it like other people's not. I never said it wasn't. I said, you said might you waste time watching yeah. TV. Yeah, I'm not yeah. doing that shit. Do I need to say that? Like, you know what I'm saying? They start putting fears on you, and that's where frustration actually starts to come in, too. Because they're not seeing you and seeing who you are. They want you to be like them. Like, you know what I mean? They're so like, you give, again... I was just now sitting down. I sit first time chopping it up. This conversation's better been better than most of the people I grew up with. Mm. Only because I've never been in a room where um, the honesty is not judged. It's actually uh, it's used as a tool to understand each other. Like you yeah. know what I mean. That's why I say when I leave here, I'm gonna not be the Corey that I woke up this morning. Cause like there's gonna be a problem or something that came out and I'm gonna feel some type of way. Mm -hmm. I just finished talking to James. Yeah. Like, I just finished talking to Buck. I just finished talking to Bugsy. I just finished talking to Moss. These is all people, like people say, you don't have a lot of friends around you. Yeah, I was like, I got the right ones. Yeah. It ain't about a bunch of friends around you. I've been rolling state to state dolo, like Mef said, since I was a kid. The less people know about you, the more they can't actually, uh, the more people know about you, they can kill you. The less they know about you, they can't kill you. That was my motto when I was coming up. That was because the more you share with somebody, they can use it against you. And the people that was around me was wolves. Fuck, I'm going to show you that I'm me. No, we're not doing that. Yeah. I'm going to show uh, James I'm me, but James going to say, cool, wolf, too. You know what I'm saying? Wolf ain't going to say that. That motherfucker just going to eat you. And that's a, it's interesting, man, because how do I... I used to struggle with that piece a little bit in terms of how I show like the vulnerable parts or at mm. least the parts that I felt were weak. Yeah. And it it wasn't it wasn't until cuz I think sometimes like I know my intentions, right? I know how the fuck I'm showing up. Right. I want to do, I want to get the shit out on the table. I want to know what the fuck your intentions are. Yeah. So if you the kind of motherfucker that takes advantage of people because you feel you can, I need to know that immediately. Because yeah. then I know how to move. If you the kind of person who treats a waiter like shit just because they a waiter, then I want to know that immediately. So 
if I show you something that is perceived to be weakness and you attempt to take advantage of that, then you've shown me everything I need to know about how our interaction is going to move. So it's actually better for me to show the love, yep. to show the, 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 the this or that and yeah. the third. It's not like you're not going to play me. You'll play yourself, yep. but you're not going to play me. Yeah regardless of how you of what we're playing different kinds of games yeah. in some of the shit right and so i used to have a i used to have a thought about okay well but damn this motherfucker if i say this in front of these people they're gonna think something about me they're gonna think this and i'm like well shit let that motherfucker think yeah that might if he if he if he get froggy let him leap and do whatever it is that he need to do so that i can respond to that because sometimes it's dudes and that's one of the things i think i like about your energy bro is you on that love shit off the bat. Yeah. You on that, hey it's man, you know, how we gonna build, how yeah. we gonna create, yeah. how we gonna share. And and we can still do all of that shit, be fly motherfuckers, be, 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 be firm on our square. We can yeah. be all of that shit. And not have to, and not have to contend with how we love or how we demonstrate that shit. Cause exactly. I can smack you upside of your motherfucking head. But that could be a form of love, depending on how you motherfucking responded to what I did. But that ain't for me to interpret for you. But that's going to be up to you. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like I tell people all the time, the, uh, the friend that you got in your head is not going to be the friend that is present. And Abe was like, what do you mean by that? If I talk to you every day, everybody work a job. But if I talk to you every day and I hear you talk about actually creating things and what you're going to, I'm going to talk to that. You ain't going to never hear me talk to a job. Yeah. That's what we all do. You just spent fucking 60 hours there, 40 hours there. So this is about like what me and James is talking about. Yo, that's why I always said if I was a journalist, I fucking hate journalists. That's why I love Nori and people who's doing podcasts now because them fucking um, Good Morning America fucking uh, questions, like get the fuck out of here. Who wants to know that yeah, shit? Nobody. Like I want to know about what was your mental like when you first took your daughter to school? Like, you know what I mean? Like as a man, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, and especially as a black man, because I think in society, we think we, we, um, we push us together, but just like in every media that you actually see, we're not everywhere. Like even after George Floyd, you watch a commercial now, you see strange shit happening when black people went hiking. Mm. <laughs> now all of a sudden this, and now you see the interracial part, the what you all like that's even another piece, like, like I said, this shit for me, it, it gotta be love. That's why it's a for all, one for all for one. Fuck, you can't do this life by yourself. You can try, it's gonna fuck you up, it's gonna kick you in the mouth. If you do it off of love, you get a lot better shit. And you get some ducats. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But when you ain't doing it off that, and you trying to follow what the next nigga who's wearing wingtips is doing, you ain't gonna get the same shit he's doing. And it's gonna be crumbs, because he done stepped in that shit. <laughs> How are your um how are your spirits, bro? Like in just like how do you manage your spirits? Do you I don't know uh, why I'm being compelled to ask no. that question. I love that question, James, because um when I was young I got hit by a car and pronounced dead. So before that, I don't know what type of person I was. After that, it really changed how I viewed the world. Cause I'm gonna be honest with you, when I got hit, I did not know shit. Only thing I did is woke up and I was in the fucking ambulance. And they was like, uh, 
oh, he's awoke. And they asked me what day it was. I was like, oh, shit. And it felt like it was Richard Pryor saying, oh, shit, I done died and went to white heaven. <laughs> I remember that shit like yesterday. But uh, they put me on the table. I had a grandma seizure. And I had the grandma seizure. And they said, yeah, you was gone for a second. But when I came back, it felt like I was in my bed dreaming. It wasn't until I awoke that I felt that I had all the skin gone and this arm was broken. But before that, so I, I started going to um, groups with people who actually experienced that. Because afterwards I was like, I don't want to say seeing things, but life became super visual for me. Like say, like even, that's why with photography I love, as long as I got my eyes, I'm always going to shoot. Or as long as I got fingers, I'm always going to shoot. Through therapy and visualness, I can watch somebody actually go into something that's just that I've been in. Mm. But I'm not, I'm not able to say anything. It's like this like sick trick. Like, like I say, all of us got superpowers, but we don't tap into them because we don't eat well and we don't actually pay attention to ourselves. That's been something I've had since I was a kid. So people... People copy my style when I was younger, but I don't really have any style. I just like what I feel. So people would be like this, I like what that nigga got on this, that, and the other. And so niggas would go copy the actual shit I had on. But I understood that from department stores as well. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm. But I was able to see exactly what somebody's doing, but God would actually say, go ahead, try to say something. And I couldn't say anything. But James would come in and say, and I'd be like this, that's what the fuck I was just thinking. Like, that's the visuals, but I, I didn't have words to it. And so that's why um, people became so important to me. Conversations with people, because now people have the words, like my, those bubbles above my head, they can complete the sentence that I'm trying to say, and now I can visually and verbally say it. So when you say, my, you know, how's my spirits? My spirits is high because I gave away my greatness as a child, but now I understand what it is as an older man. And it was just me being who the fuck I am. Like, you know what I'm saying? The, the visuals, man, is something that is um, really powerful to me. And it's how I how I see things and, yes. and, and emotions are visuals, too. And, and when I think about, like, the things that I experience or the things that I create, they actually form landscapes in my head, mm. like yeah. mountainous ranges. Yeah. I can fly through so I can take an emotion like mm. anger and create an image in my head yeah. and move through it and yeah. go up and down like the valleys. And sometimes I get when I get like into a low moment or depressed, whatever, it's because I kind of get lost sometimes depending on how long I'm in there. Yeah. And I always have like these people outside of me that I tap into yeah. that can help me get out based on, you know, things that they're doing and what's going on. But mm -hmm. that visual piece, sunrises is something that I see a lot when I'm making music that converts to sound, yeah. where the sound converts to an image. But that um, it's a way of moving things around and relating yes. to things that words are just so fucking like like when you converted that, that makes sense yeah. for me. Oh, get out of here, man. I like, appreciate that. Yeah. It it makes sense. Cause yeah. like just to and that's one of the things I like about art, bro. Quite frankly, even poetry. Like if I say, if I say it's hard, if I say, why don't you love me more? Mm. 
That's just such a small thing. Man, but it's so big. But, it, it, but I could take that and form it. I could say as an example, when I was in the water drowning, yeah. why didn't you throw me a lifeboat, a life preserver? You knew, you knew I was drowning. Mm-hmm. And you chose not to save me. Yeah, That image in my head is just as clear if not even more, that represents why don't you love me more. Ooh. Both of them joints is, so it depends on where how you translate yeah. it into your head and how you take what other people are saying and translate that. Because cause, cause some people don't have the, uh, they don't have the vocabulary and the words that they're used. And that's why I was talking in one of the conversations, intuition, bro, and love. And, and listening with those and using that yeah. shit to really dig a little bit de- deeper to see past the words because they're just so they're just so they're just so small, man. But like Robert Greene said, uh, I think in that last one I actually put up, he said, um, when you understand all the things that human beings carry, the emotional this, this, and this, you become your greatest person because now. You know that you're a part of it, but you know, like you said, you know how to maneuver through it. Yeah. That is the greatest. That's where my spirit is. I know how to maneuver through shit because I don't now. Before I used to get caught up in the distractions and it used to irritate me because I used to be like, what the fuck is all this? This blah, 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 this thing. It's not for me. Understand it and keep moving. Yeah. It's like those are the obstacles of life. You're either going to understand or you're going to live in, like you said, in that space. And you can't live in that space. You mentioned the word understand a lot. Yeah. Help me understand yeah. why the, the importance of understanding. Like you, or okay, and I use tune the fork as an example all the time because when I'm sitting on the couch watching that, if I had a thought a month ago or two weeks ago, you touch on that. So for me, that's understanding. Somebody out there feels sort of like I do. Okay, let me look a little bit deeper then. How is it that we're all feeling the same way about this thing or that thing? And so for me, again, it goes back to this is society. Like, you can either be mad about society or you can find a way to live in it. And that's the part for me. Like, understanding is, okay, I understand that's not my group. And I don't have to have an opinion. I don't have to have a view. I don't have to have any of that. I understand that's not for me. I understand this is. I'm going to do whatever it takes to actually help build this because this is where I want my interests. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So even when if I, you see me making food, there's times, that's why I have those three things, film, food, and photography. There's times where I'm like you, I'm in a bad space. You might not see no photography. You might see food. It's what saved me, like, you know what I'm saying? So all those elements I try to tie together in visuals that I put out to people because anytime you meet me, I want you to say, your internet is, your shit on the internet is exactly like you are. Mm. That's the goal. So, just give me a second. I'm about to throw Mm-mm. some shit out. Never anything. I've been toying with agree versus understand. A lot of times when we're telling motherfuckers we don't agree with what they're saying, what we're really saying is we don't fully understand. Yeah. And I, for a long time, I've been pursuing this notion of understanding. And that there are these things that have been popping up. There was another guy I saw. He was an artist. And he was like, just because you see yourself in something doesn't mean you understand it. Nope. Exactly. And that fucking. That was my marriage. 
that was overwhelming. And then I got into this conversation with the trans rapper dude. And I'm sitting there and I'm trying to understand, bro. Mm. And then I'm like, okay, there's, there's a possibility that that's a fucking impossibility. What's that? For me to understand yes, yes. a trans rap, a trans, a trans life or a yeah. trans decision. Right. So in my in my in my pursuit, I hit this wall where I actually encountered a person where I was like, I can't. So that helped me try to understand if I can't understand, then what can I do? Right. And I landed on this thing of connect. And I find that to pursue connection is a lot more beneficial for me to than to understand. Yeah. Because the understanding just always felt like there was, I don't know. It's easier for me to connect than it is for me to understand. Yeah. And I think one has to do more with here and then the other has to do here. Yeah. And and and, and up here can be there could be so much emphasis on here that you know especially when you're acquiring knowledge and what we know and data points and bits and bytes and shit like that when intuition isn't here it's you know what what the things that you said you saw yeah. having a conversation with someone about that to get them to understand right just wouldn't be nah. but you go through it yeah but if i could connect with your with the experience that you're having yeah and 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 in some kind of way the feeling of connecting to that could be something that I actually carry with me yeah. and then and then do something different with. And and wow. and I'm only I'm only sharing because the understanding piece, the words have come up a lot. And then to also, and it's something that I was, it wasn't until the trans rapper thing conversation to where I that was that was pivotal for me, bro, in a lot of fucking ways. Yeah. Not and one was in that understanding versus connection piece. Yeah. It was it was it was just it was just huge, man. I've stayed in contact with the brother now, and um, and I don't have it figured the fuck out by any stretch of the imagination. But my connection to that to that human, yeah, made me relax a lot of them motherfucking thoughts that I had because I couldn't understand. Right. Yeah. You know, and 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 now I'm kind of trying to focus a little bit more on connection than than understanding. Yes, the the understanding part for me is understanding that their lifestyle or whoever it is is not me, and so that's why it, the it, same thing. Connection is understanding who the other person is that I'm talking yeah. to. That's it. So even when it came to transgender, for me it's difficult. It's like I worked in a coffee shop, and the dude had a onesie on, and he had a beard. So early in the daytime, I said something to him. We was like, cool. But I addressed him wrong other than a pronoun. But then he acted weird. My biggest thing on any of that, even when it came to that, allow me to be ignorant until I'm actually knowledgeable. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not actually warning anything. So I apologized to him afterwards. And, you know, I was like, we good, this, that, and the other. But visually, I was fucked up in seeing that. Yeah. But I didn't want to go on the feeling of what I was. 
instead of having that connection. Because, like, there was movement with us at the beginning. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So as yeah. soon as I actually did something that he felt that I disrespected him, instead of actually talking about it with me, he actually started to change his behavior. Yeah. And because, like we were saying, I'm self-inventory, I'm like this. Yeah, yeah. I was like, because our shit was authentic at first. Now it seems kind of weird. Yeah. I said, did I offend you? And he was like, uh, yeah, a little bit, this, that, and the other. And then afterwards, he told me, he was like, Corey, you made me comfortable to actually even tell you that uh, you offended me. And That's I was like, dope. Yeah, I thought the same shit. But it goes back to what me and you were saying. When I took off Brooklyn Core, you know what I'm saying? The nigga core, I was actually able to hear and connect with. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, I had a visual. I'm going to laugh later on. I'm going to tell people, I'm like this, this nigga had a onesie on his motherfucking beard. His beard was shaped up better than mine. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's going to be the joke. But the human experience was, yeah. we, we were at work and we were trying to help each other. And I used a term that I don't know any shit, anything about. And it offended him. And I was able to self-inventory and actually look and say, I offended this person some type of way. It happened with me and my girl, too, um, before uh, we was in Vegas. And she don't really smoke weed. So she was asking this girl questions. And like I told you, you know, privileged people, they actually can be um, annoying because they feel entitled. So they'll come in and ask all these dumbass questions. It'll be a long ass line in the back. So I always fuck with her about that. But that day when she was asking, she was really trying to learn. And so she turned and she snapped. And she was like, I ain't never going, what you calling with you anymore, this thing the other. I was able to actually say, oh, shit, I offended her by fathering her instead of being her boyfriend. Because mm. that's, uh, that's another thing with having a child is you'll end up fathering what you love as a woman. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you're raised by a woman like, like I was. So You think you'll get married again? I don't think about... Um, you know what's funny? You remember when we was... Uh, yeah, I'll tell you no. Remember when we was kids and you, your aunt always come with Mr. Smith and you'd be like this. They'd be like this. Is that your uncle? You'd be like this. No, that's Mr. Smith. And you'd be like, that nigga been around for 25 years. I, I think Aunt Myrtle and Mr. Smith just fucking, but you know what I'm saying? Um, my man said it best a while ago. I'm at a stage right now where I could be a hoe, a husband. Any of those things that a woman needs, she just needs to tell me what the fuck she needs. But what do you need? Uh, a partner. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A partner that lends the same type of understanding we do. That's why that privileged thing versus underprivileged, I'm explaining things to her and she's understanding from that level. So it brings us close together. You know what I mean? It's not a fight. It's actually, you know, I'm realizing it. You know what I'm saying? And then the fact that she didn't, uh, like her father wasn't around a lot. Like he was, he was in the house, but he was more finance. So he didn't actually interact with her on a large base. But like knowing that teaches me how to be for her. So if you could be a hoe, is that so? That's a f when a word. you when you said that they sounded like functions. It's funny you said that too, because I said that to somebody else. It's like I was actually joking in another interview, and I said um, I like fast women and you know like fast car, fast bikes and fast women. Just like fucking around, but it's a real thing for me. And it's a confidence level. Like, my girl knows I'm attracted to older women. Viola Davis, uh, Helen Mirren. It's a confidence. Helen Mirren is fine as fuck, bro. Man, 
And it's a confidence. What's the uh, Devil Wear Prada? Uh, oh, oh. Uh, Susan Sarandon. Come on. But like, it's a confidence that they display that other men do as well. They can have a man, but they'll still put him in the front. But they, that man knows I ain't shit without her. Yeah. I love that um, uh, Dick Gregory's daughter was like going at her mom and it wasn't until her dad said that I ain't shit without her. Yeah. She had a philosophy in her head based off of some visuals, but when she actually really saw it, her mom was quiet because, like she said, a black woman ain't got to say shit if they strong. Yeah. And a man that really actually values a woman, he knows that shit, and he knows that he don't have to say anything either, but he has to continue to be a man. And all that up, and all that upfront shit ain't for everybody nope. or for every gender nope. and for every nope. situation. Nope. And if we are attaching value based on to who, because every, everything has a cost. Okay, there's a cost to being upfront, but there's a, ben, there's a benefit to being upfront, but there's a cost too. And sometimes like the cost, the cost for women, depending on the dynamic of the relationship, yeah. or maybe even in general as a culture, there's a lot of benefits for women doing, but this works for men too. What is what is the cost? There's a there's a there's a benefit for what the fuck is her name? Um, Meg The Stallion and Cardi B to do wet ass pussy, right? Yeah. It's liberating. It's blah blah blah. Yeah. It's self expression. Whatever the fuck they selling that that shit is. Right. But and they make a lot of money, get a lot of views. But what's the cost? There's a, there's a cost with it. And it's almost like we want to live in a world, bro, where we get all the motherfucking benefit and don't want to pay yeah. for any of it. And, and, and we are not contending with that. And it's like we're putting the cost off, delaying it to the future generation or to the future planet because we're going to be gone long after all of this shit is done. But we're delaying the payment. Somebody got to pay. It's energy. It's moving it's cyclical. It's doing all of that shit, but I don't know. I could, I could, I could bitch about that shit for a long time, bro. That's why I stay out of the, the you know, us as people. People this. People do that. People do this. I try to stay away from that because at the end of the day, I don't know what the fuck people do. One thing that I know that human beings is gonna do: be human beings. That's it. I don't know what type of human being you're gonna be because I don't know where your mama and your daddy come from, and I don't know how they raise you. So that wet ass pussy situation, that's for now. If she's 45 still doing that, she V Book of Fox and them dumbass bitches then. You know what I'm saying? Excuse me, I didn't mean to say that. Cut that out. I'm leaving that in, dog. No, because like at the end of the day, that housewife shit, if you 50 years old and you still fighting on fucking TV, you a fucking idiot. But you like a you, fucking fool. But hold on, like you just said, bro. You just said you don't worry about what other people do. That's they are a part of the other people that oh, you no were doubt. But they're also a part of stopping us from actually crossing over the threshold. But so is wet ass pussy. Yeah. And well, no, those are children. No. Remember what I said? After 50. Stop it, bro. Man, they the same. The motherfuckers is on TV getting a bag. When is a child? Think fighting a bitch. She's twenty. She's in. The, they in their twenties and thirties, bro. Who's that? They, well, Meg Thee Stallion and Cardi. Yeah. They not. They. But see, that's one. All of it. If we're talking about universal principles, right? Yeah. There's a positive and negative. There's this polarity. Mine's but, personal. <laughs> but there's a cost, regardless of the age. A five-year-old, a fifty-year-old. These are values that humans have placed on shit. Yeah. Universe no yeah, no is still like, yeah. yo, it's energy, it's this or that, and the third. So 
Vivica Fox, you Vivica Fox is probably Vivica Fox because she didn't get to dim she probably didn't show up as Cardi B. It was in there. Oh yeah, no doubt. It was I mean, if she gonna be that, and I don't know what you necessarily referring yeah. to. Why did well, no, I, I don't because I don't Vivica Fox was at the end of the day, you know when you was in school and them girls that actually really didn't shine, they didn't even have the bodies. And then now they're at 50 years old and they still actually running off that shit. Because, like, when she was in Auto All Night with Morris Chestnut, she was a flat-chested, small-ass, what you call him? Like, you know what I'm saying? And then now I can still see where her child was affecting her. But instead of getting help, you come, you out here actually bashing people and shit. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. But there's also shit, too. Like, I got personal feelings about shit. Like, I, I work out and keep my health because I feel better. A fat bitch ain't going to tell me that. I, this is about my self-esteem. Nah, bitch, get your ass on the treadmill. Get the fuck out of here. Being fat is not healthy, and it does not provide you with a lot of energy. Stop it, Lizzo. Stop it. Come on, man. Again, everybody ain't a king. Everybody ain't a queen. There's some people that's going to talk shit on me. But at the end of the day, that's just what it is. That's just what it's it is. It's just your opinion. I don't put opinions out here on people like this because you get in trouble for actually being honest. A doctor tell Lizzo, you got to lose some pounds, mama. But like you said, we don't even know if that's true. So, so, so I'm gonna make sure I'm. I'm gonna let me, let me, let me create a little space for you to to add some. some. You're not saying Lizzo's a bad person. No. Okay. Hell no. Never that. You say okay. So I just yeah. I want to make sure I'm adding that. Yeah. To the, Hell no. Okay. Matter, matter of fact, let me say this too, uh, Jay, because I know you're gonna put this in or not put it in. Everything I talked about, my mom. Everything I talked about with women, these are all stepping stones. I'm so um, in tune to what women are fighting, what men are fighting, what black men are fighting. Um, these are just things that I watch. It's sort of like uh, how we'll actually say, oh, there's a food shortage. But then I watch people just throw the fuck food away. So it's the same concept, right? Mm. We're living in these things, but... Just like comedians, they making fun of them. And I'm laughing at the shit because it's funny. You know what I mean? But it is a problem with us. You know what I mean? Like Corey Holcomb said, truth will get you killed, but a lie will get you the bag. How, like, none of that makes sense. Or even when I was in the military, don't ask, don't tell. No, get the fuck out of here. Where is that? That's our small way of dealing with it by taking people who we consider smart because they got a bag to make decisions for us. That was a bad decision from the dump because at the end of the day, nigga, if you watching dicks, I want to know. So I don't take a shower in this motherfucker with you. You see what I'm saying? So it's like we have these things where they trying to push you in the bucket. No, nigga, I'm standing outside. I ain't in there. So me not actually, speak, me speaking to the Lizzo thing, it's for health situations because yeah. I know for a fact that I have family members has this shit stapled, all this other shit yeah, to yeah, help yeah, them yeah, lose yeah. weight. So you ain't gonna get it on TV because you actually are a big person and you want to talk about. No, Lavelle Crawford ain't lose weight for nothing. You can't. Lost, I, I didn't know he ended up losing weight. He did. He got stapled. Yeah, he got his stomach okay. stapled. Well, I watch all of that because again, these are things that we don't pay attention to. These are emotional PTSDs that start even with our parents when they have us. You know what I'm saying? Not knowing this, that, and the other. So you out here with all this money, and somebody, you ain't got friends like me to actually be like this. Now, you might not want to show your ass at the basketball game, because what's the purpose? And sometimes, bro. What the fuck was the purpose of that? It, 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 it's, um, what, 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 what I think I connect with on it is, 
us trying to us trying to turn every negative into a positive. Right. Just to make people feel a certain way. Yeah. And a negative is a negative for a reason. Yep. If I go to the doctor and they tell me that I have cancer, how do I convert that to a positive so that I can, if I'm trying to heal, right? If you're just trying to fucking jerk me off and, and, and make me feel good, then there's all kind of shit you could tell me about having right. cancer. But the reality of the situation is that's what I got. Mm -hmm. We are trying to contort the reality in such a way that makes us feel good about all of these things in life that people genu generally used to use as motivation to do something different. Like shame is useful, bro. Yeah. Shame is useful. Yes, it is. It's a culturally, it is useful. It's one of those things a motherfucker could use. Here's a prime example, bro. I never, ever, ever pay my cell phone bill on time. Yeah. Why? Because that motherfucker don't get reported to my credit bureau. Mm. I don't give a fuck about that cell phone. I pay that bitch two days before it cut off. Mm. But I pay all my other shit that gets reported to the credit bureau. Same with internet. Comcast. But I pay cars, house, all that old kind of bullshit. I pay that shit on time. Yeah. Why? Because there is a, 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 a cost to my reputation yeah. for my credit worthiness. So I'm, just learn that too. I'm forced yeah. in a way to make sure that my name in the financial streets is solid because there's something to that. Yeah. So I, I don't get to just go around and say I pay the shit whenever the fuck I'm willing to feel yeah. like it. And it's like, nah, there's a there's a standard here. Now, whoever made the standard, we could talk about that. Yeah. But no, if you if you an ain't shit ass motherfucker and you out here doing you know dogging dogging motherfuckers and shit, there should be a community of people that be like, yo, you wildin'. Yeah. You can't be around here, man, right. treating motherfuckers like that. But then on the next hand, you actually talking about we shall overcome. Nigga, that ain't matching. Nah. And then again, that goes back to being yes men versus fucking, you know, really having an opinion. That's love again for me. Like It's love, like yeah. I always tell people, uh, a friend of mine said this to me. He said, quote, one day you came at me and you came, and I was like, the fuck are you this nigga to say this or that to me, this, that, and the other. But then he said, I sat with it for a minute, and he was like, uh, that must mean that he loved me, that he would actually come at me like that. And that's really what I'm actually trying to portray to anybody. At the end of the day, if I'm coming to your house and we're doing the same thing over and over and we ain't talking about making money or making the next move, you might say, cool, I don't come around anymore. I'm a fade to black because we ain't on the same page. And I don't need to express that to you. I, I'm going where the, it, I'm celebrated, not tolerated. You know what I mean? And people tolerate themselves so they think they can do the same thing to you. And I'm like, nah, that's not the case. Again. Put, if you're a 10 million mind or you want to create, put yourself in creative rooms. If you put yourself in people that are stagnant, you're going to be frustrated a lot. The person's going to set in, all of that shit. You, um, you ain't going to feel like you want to do what you want to do. I've experienced that too, Jay, and I don't know if I'm actually changing the subject, but you doing everything that like you're doing by yourself, that was a form of my depression as well because it felt like I couldn't get anybody. I told Buck this. When I first started to show my work, I would actually collab with a lot of people because I was afraid to fail by myself. Mm. 
How long did it take you to say that out loud? Uh, maybe like two years. Oh, no, after I did my own show. And I was like, oh, shit, why the fuck was I doing that? Because a show to me is thinking it, the idea, the concept, the execution. So when I put it on the wall, it ain't about the people that come. It's all the shit that I went through to actually get the, get it to that fucking process. Like, the process. You know what I mean? So I sit in front of it, I smoke. I always try to get done 15 minutes before. And so I'll smoke and then I'll sit and look and I'll be like, so that's the excitement. That's the creative part. And that's why I always want to show. But it's almost like uh, Maxwell or uh, Jill Scott. They ain't got to come out with an album every year. But that album that come out, everybody come out. Shot A too. It, that's what I love about what you said about perfectionists. The quality of work that you want to put out stops you from actually having to start at the beginning. That's the visuals here. The visuals that we put out to people, you can be a $10 company. But the visuals put out like you, like how the tuna fork look. This is a million dollar setting. I will, I feel like it is. You know what I mean, me being here, but yeah. You took time, you actually, like I said, like we talked earlier, I want to take my time to do shit. It ain't no perfectionist attitude, but if I'm gonna try something, I'm gonna really try. I'm not gonna come out here and be like this. That's like I, I told this to my daughter. I said, you get, a, you get five grand, you get a restaurant, right? Now it's Robley chairs, you got a sign made from Signs R Us where the shit's hat. But all you did was get a space to say, I got my own business. You ain't pretty this shit up, made the shit look like it's inviting, made the food where people want to actually eat the shit. You just said you want to be able to brag this nigga shit again. You want to brag the bitches and niggas that you got your own company. It ain't doing shit. You but ain't putting shit in it. It's raggedy just like how you are. But, but here's the thing, though. You said a, you said, you said a key point, bro process and sometimes we will the fear that you mentioned yeah is we have to grow into a lot of this shit dog yeah and fear keeps us from doing the things that puts us in a position to grow that's why i do self-inventory so when you look at the first joints bro when you listen to the first ones they sound wild and they look wild yeah because that's all we had. Yeah. We had we had we had we had we had little we had resources from a financial standpoint, but we didn't know what we didn't know. Yeah. So we just we just went anyway yep. with the plan of trying to figure it out. And yeah. sometimes people I'm working on something with a homegirl of mine. And she's scholastic and an educator and has all of this stuff. And I'm like, we just got to do this shit. We'll figure it out in the process. Now, I love that idea. But what I run into with people is they don't have the drive and the commitment that you do. And so that becomes a problem. Because now you brought, you come into something with somebody. Your drive and commitment is all, you know, is 24. You, you know how to manage your day. This person doesn't. Yeah. They got to go to the wife. They got to do this. They got to do that. Now everything becomes, oh, I didn't get to it because of this. I didn't get. If you didn't tell your job that, don't tell me that. Yeah, that's how. That's my thoughts. Yeah. Because we 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 are, bro. You driving commitment, man. We tell the white man, we we show up for our four o'clock meetings. We show up at nine. That's why I don't blame them. I tell people all the time. He's like, you don't never say nothing about the white man. I say, because at the end of the day, you understand where you are. Once you understand, now use that tool that we got 
the up that obstacle. They don't move like us. That's why they love hip hop like they do. Yeah. So at the end of the day, if this is your avenue and this is your what you call them, like I tell people all the time, all them people that you look up to, um, the celebrities, look who is sitting there in the pictures with them all the time. It ain't a black person. It ain't an upcoming. It ain't none of that. It's a white person you do not know. You don't know that motherfucker's name. <laughs> <laughs> you be like, it ain't who is, no up and coming. Who is that? Everybody and, just now yeah. starting knowing who Leo Cohen is. And then when you get to a certain level, they dictate how you, who's coming on. So, mm-hmm. James, when you get to that, that's what I'm looking for. I watched that with uh, Andy Shalal from Wichita when he first started from Bus Boys and Poets. Ah, uh, okay. I was a big fan of how he was starting in the activism. And then he ran for mayor. And I was like, ah, oh, this is going to be interesting. Because when people kissing your ass, you lose who you are. Mm-hmm. If you're not solid at that particular time, you'll lose who you are. You'll see it when you gain weight, when you lose weight, this, that, and the other. Like, even at your job, your job tells you, I mean, your body tells you, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. You gain weight, you blow up, and it ain't until you leave work that you actually realize, oh, shit, how the fuck I get this big? Same in a relationship. Yep. Women be women. Women gain 20, 30 pounds, and then they 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 break up, get out of the marriage, and then, then they live their best life, and they look and lose. I'm like, you could have done that shit. Jay, that's one of the bigger things too. Coming into a relationship with a woman, I'm glad you asked about the women thing, and actually having an idea of it instead of understanding it, or having the connection. Say that again. So un- coming into a relationship and not knowing what I'm asking for. Is that, are you saying that's a good or bad thing? That's a bad thing. Okay. That's how you end up with what you don't like. And you, you, know, what you, you know what you're going into or wanting. Now. Now, like now you Like before, I never did. Like, I don't think most black men know how to go into a relationship and ask for what they want from a relationship. Because it's not something that um, we were catered to actually feel or have a feeling about. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I always tell people, I don't know rich black people or people who are well off because... Having money and, and being well off, you're able to do things a little different. When mm-hmm. you're underprivileged, it's, it's, it's a different thing. And understanding love is very difficult because you're with a woman based off her titties and ass or if she's a ride or die based off an environment that you really don't share in anymore, right? So you're still picking these girls that, what's it going you're cheating on your, your wife because these are the girls that you are familiar with. So you have you live no understanding to the woman you married. You married her as just to show off the people. Like to to put another layer on or image. Like a facade or, yeah. or whatever. Like somebody asked me about dating women with weeds and stuff. I was like, I don't do it. And it was like, oh, why is that? The words again. I was at the interview thing and a hoe. I said I like loose women. I, I lost track on that. Forgive me. But oh, see, uh, I smiled and she said, what you smile for? I said, see how I use that word? You don't even know what I mean by that. But you automatically had a feeling based off of how you felt. It wasn't what I said. I just used the word. And she looked at me and she was like, thank you. And I was like, for what? She was like, you're right. Mm. So you're, you can listen in the room of people. And if somebody uses a certain word, like you said, it's a trigger word, you could turn off the ears and don't hear them anymore. Yeah. But meanwhile, like you said, they're still actually spitting something. You just got to understand where you are. And every day I wake up, that's what I try to do. Understand where I am so I can, uh, where I am so I connect with people. So what's next for you, man? 
There's, I'm actually trying to put together a show. I don't want to talk about it too much because I watch a lot of photography now, and I like a lot of people, but everybody's like doing the same thing, um, and everybody's got a camera. I just want to see some different shit. So, uh, everything but nothing. That's really next for me. Everything but nothing.